All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to NPL Legal Dish. This is my uh, four times a week broadcast that I'm pretty sure is going to be cut down to three days a week because I'm finding four days a week to be a lot to manage, even though I'm home. Um, but yes, this is my live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. If you don't know who I am, I'm Natalie Pierre Lewis. I'm the host of the show and I'm the owner and operator of NPL Consulting LLC, a business formation firm. What that means is I help people like yourself get your business, uh, paperwork together. So things like getting your business registered with the state, getting EIN numbers and DUNS numbers, making sure you have appropriate contracts, basic brand protection strategies, hiring policies, uh, you know, that are uniform and don't get sued. I help you do all of those things. If you are wondering how I'm qualified to do help you do those things, I'm very happy that you asked. I'm a licensed attorney, have been one for 14 years and counting. I've started multiple businesses for myself and others, both online and offline. I've had many careers in the realms of entrepreneurship, the law, education, hospitality, and administrative support. And most important, I'm very passionate, hey Margaret, about making business and legal education as accessible to everyone as possible. Not everybody has the time, the money, or the desire to go to business school or to law school, but a lot of people have uh, amazing business ideas, and if you're going to make it in business, there are just some concepts that you need to know, Um, and that's why I'm here. So if you want to work with me so that you know we can make sure that your business foundation is strong and grounded, uh, go to linktree forward slash MPL consulting firm and uh, book yourself a free 15 minute consultation if you are a first time client. Uh, you can also download the free biz launch cheat sheet if you are in the startup phase of your business. It will help you choose and start your dream business in seven days or less. As well, I have an array of digital products that teach you about the different aspects of business for so getting your EIN number, DUNS number, operating agreements. I have video tutorials teaching you about all that, all that, all that. You can get that all at linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm, okay? So now that I've talked a little bit about my business, let's talk about what this show is. So for those of you who might be new, who might be watching later, the way that the show works is I pull stories from the news, stories that you lovely people send me, stories I find on blog sites, and I pull the ones that have business concepts that we can learn as entrepreneurs and we discuss them. So this is a time for us to talk to each other. Don't be afraid to drop your questions and your comments as long as they are respectful. This is a place of learning and a place of welcoming. I should wear, okay, yes. Uh, But yeah, so we are going to get started tonight. Like I was saying a little bit earlier, we have a lot of stories about beer. So if, uh, if I have any beer lovers in the audience on tonight, please give me the beer mug emoji. Um, I am not a beer lover. Uh, and we also have a question that was submitted by one of you lovely viewers. So we, we've got a full show tonight. Um, I apologize for last night. I literally found one story and then I was feeling really icky. So I didn't, uh, I couldn't do it, y'all. A thank you, Roxamil, for the beer emoji. All right, so we have at least one beer lover in the audience. I myself don't like beer. It's not my thing. I think beer is... It just tastes so bitter. I don't know. The only beer I really like is a lambic beer, which tastes like fruit, or if I must, maybe a Corona or a Blue Moon. Anyway, but that's besides the point. So we are starting with our first story on this evening, okay? And do we ha- has anybody here ever been to Kentucky? Anybody here ever been to Ken Turkey? If you have been to Kentucky, 
please give me a KY in the comments. If you've ever touched your toe in the face in the state of Kentucky, give me a KY in the comments. If you live there, if you got people you love there, if you've ever been there, if you flew over Kentucky, give me a KY in the comments, okay? Now, um, in Kentucky, one of the cities in Kentucky is named Louisville. And uh, can anybody tell me what Kentucky, you've been to Kentucky OBZ, can you tell me what Kentucky is famous for? Does anybody know what Kentucky is famous for? And while you do that, I'm going to let you know why I'm asking you all of these questions. So, in Kentucky, there are two breweries. One is called Copper and King's American Brandy Company, and the other one is called Butcherton Brewing Incorporated, okay? So these are two different companies. Yes, it's known for bourbon. Thank you, OBZ. Uh, two different companies that make beer, spirits, whatever you want to call them. Alcoholic beverages, right? Now, Copper and King's American Brandy Company. This is a company that is owned by two people by the name of Joe and Leslie Huron um, and Butcherton Brewing, Brewing Incorporated. Um, is owned, where's his name? I wrote his name down. I forget. Anyway, Butcherton Brewing is a competing brewery, right? Um, now, Copper and King's American Brandy Company has the trademark on the word Butchertown. Butchertown is the name of a neighborhood in Louisville, Kentucky. Hi, Ash Babyface. So, um, so I am from, I'm from Boston, right? But Boston has many different neighborhoods. We've got Dorchester, we've got Mattapan, we've got Fields Corner, right? Um, different areas of Boston. So the same way in Louisville, Kentucky. They've got different neighborhoods, and one of these neighborhoods is named Butchertown. And this brandy company by the name of Copper and Kings American has a trademark for the word Butchertown that they have had since 2013. They have it for the use of beer, ales, lagers, stouts, shandies, and also non-alcoholic beverages. So they trademarked the word Butchertown for the an array of alcoholic beverages, I guess, that they make, right? Here's the problem. You've got Butchertown Brewing Incorporated that comes in, and their entire name, their name is the same name that Copper and King's American has, um, has trademarked. So what do you guys think Copper and King's did when they found out that there was a brewing company calling itself Butchertown? What do you guys think Copper and King's American Brandy Company did when they found out that this brewing company, Butchertown Brewing, had the same name as the name they've had trademarked since 2013? When you find out someone is using your trademarks, what is one of the first things that you should do? This is, this is a lesson for those of you, my, my future trademark owners out here. If you have watched this show with any regularity, I, I want to see the answers. Don't show me up in front of strangers. Yes, Ashley, thank you. Sent a cease and desist. Absolutely right. So, ladies and gentlemen, when you have a registered trademark, right, if you find out that somebody is using your trademark, 
it is your duty to to let them know that they are using your trademark. So you send them something that is called, <laughs> tell them to pipe down now. You send them something called a cease and desist letter. It cease and desist letter is basically says, hey girl, this mark, um, well, not yet, Margaret, they sent a cease and desist. So, uh, Copper and Kings sent a letter over to Bridgetown and said, hey girl, so this name that you're calling your little brewing company here, we have a trademark on that name and we would like you to stop. Um, so, uh, and the thing is, Butchertown Brewing, the way that Copper and Kings found out that Butchertown Brewing was in town was that Butchertown Brewing tried to trade, hey Ann, they tried to trademark their name, Right. But when they filed it, they got rejected. So the USPTO said, hey, Butchertown Brewing Incorporated, this name that you're trying to trademark, it could cause confusion because there's another company out here that's using the name Butchertown. So Butchertown got rejected when they tried to trademark their business name. So guess what Butchertown Brewing is trying to do now? Because they're saying that the name Butchertown, it only, it describes a geographic location, so it's generic. What do you think they're trying to do to Copper and King's Butchertown trademark? What do you think that Butchertown Brewing is trying to do since their application to trademark their name got rejected? What do you think they're trying to do? What do you think they're trying to do? I'm going to give you all a couple minutes because I know, you know, you might have to think on this a little bit because this isn't the side that we talk about too much. This is, I, I, I call this, I call this retaliatory tactics when you can't get what you want. So basically Butchertown is trying to be like, well, if they can't have it, I can't either. So Butchertown Brewing is trying to get Copper and King's trademark canceled. The trademark that they have had for seven years. Butchertown Brewing is wants the um, USPTO to cancel it because they're saying, hey, they trademarked this name, but no, not partner. They're trying to get their trademark canceled. They're trying to, they're, they are telling the, the, the USPTO office, this name that Copper and King's uh, American Brandy Company trademarked seven years ago, it is a geographic location in Louisville, Kentucky. Therefore, it's generic, and they should not be able to have it as a, as a registered trademark. That is what Butchertown Brewing Incorporated is arguing. Why are they doing this? Because if they can get Copper and King's trademark canceled, they will be able to use this name, Butchertown Brewing Incorporated, free and clear. So I want to ask you guys, as an educated audience, do you think... Butcher Town has an argument here in the reason why they want Copper and King's trademark canceled. Now we know you can't just trademark a geographic location. That would be like me trying to trademark Boston for my business. I can't do that. Or trying to trademark Hyattsville. These are geographic locations, right? So yes, it is petty. It is petty, obesity. But do you think that they have an argument here? This is a neighborhood. Obed, we grew up in Dorchester. Can you imagine somebody trying to uh, trying to take ownership of the name Dorchester when it comes to business? Think about all the businesses we grew up in that had Dorchester in the name. None of them would be able to use it, right? Because Dorchester is a location. So this is what's happening between these two breweries. So is Butchertown right 
Should they be able to get Copper and King's trademark canceled because Butcher Town is a neighborhood or are they just being petty, right? Roxy Mill said true. So what do you guys think? I want to know what you guys think. Do you think Copper and King should be able to keep their trademark? If you do, give me a one. If you think Butcher Town Brewery is right and Copper King and Kings should get their trademark canceled, give me a two. So if you're on Copper King's side and they should keep their Butcher Town trademark, give me a one. If you are on Butcher Town Brewing side, Give me a two because they want that trademark canceled so they can be out here with their name. Obed gave Obizi gave me a two. Obizi, can you please um, explain to our other audience members why you are saying two? Hi, 76 Grimke. Can you please two? They made enough money. <laughs> Margaret, Margaret is giving me a one. Margaret agrees with Copper and Kings. Um, so Roxamil, what do you mean that they made enough money? The entire point of you getting a trademark is to make money off of it. That's why you have to renew every year. That's why the USPTO wants you to consistently use your mark so you show that you are still in business. There's no you made enough money so you can't use this anymore, right? They went through the trouble of trademarking it and now they have it. Now, um... Obizi said it's petty, but I can't see how one can use it, but the other can't. And therein lies the issue. Hey, Antoinette. Hey, Vicky. Um, Vicky is giving me a one as well. There is the issue. It's also a neighborhood. You know, think about think about your neighborhood. Can you imagine someone trademarking the name of your neighborhood so no one else can use it? Not every year, Obizi. Every ten years. Every ten years. Um, Every 10 years. Okay, and we have some people who are on the side of Copper and Kings that the Hey Girl, that they should be able to keep their trademark. Now, they've had it since 2007, right? Now, I don't know when Butchertown came around. Um, because, you know, with the way that neighborhoods are being restructured, neighborhoods get new names all the time. But uh, we're going to have to wait and see if, if Butchertown Brewing is able to get Copper and Kings trademark cancel so that they can use the name butcher town for their business so we seem to be at an even divide between you guys half of you think copper and king should be able to keep this trademark half of you think butcherton butcher town brewery (laughs) should be able to get the trademark canceled i'm really on the fence um while i am on copper king side because they did take the trouble to trademark you know, almost a decade ago, it is still the the mark of a neighborhood. Now, I don't know who the USPTO officer was who allowed that trademark to go through. Maybe they weren't on their game. You know, there may have to be an investigation and go back and see how did this trademark get passed. So we will have to wait and see. So, um, hold on. Margaret said, if it wasn't okay, wouldn't the USPTO tell them it wasn't something they could trademark? Hey, Mbese 8. Hi, Mark Joseph. Well, okay. Yes, but remember that the people, the, the USPTO, it is still, there's still people there. And when you are working with people, there is always the possibility of a mistake. That is why you are able to appeal. That is why you are able to file to cancel. Because we know that we as humans are fallible, so we're not going to, you know, make it that, you know, once the decision made, it's final. There always has to be room for somebody to go back and check your work, because you never know what somebody was on that day. Maybe you were in a bad mood. Maybe you didn't 
have your coffee. Maybe you came to work drunk. So, you know, they're going to have to go back and see what happened when that trademark was passed. Okay. It's, it's not a pass and you're done. Basically, as long as you have a trademark, you're basically out there trying to defend your property. Like, you know, I don't know, like you're defending a castle. Okay. Hey, (laughs) all right. So that was our first story. We are moving on to our next story, which is again about beer. So we are here for the beer lovers on this evening. All right, my beer lovers, again, if you like beer, give me another beer emoji. Give me another beer emoji. Give me another beer emoji. Okay? So if you check my stories today, I posted a picture, one of my usual pictures where I say, you know, too close for comfort. I ask you guys yes or no. And it was a picture of the logos of two different, again, brewing companies. Um, and most of you guys said that there was, um, that it was not too close for comfort. I think about 93% of you didn't think that the two logos were conflicting with each other when I posted them. Thank you, Roximo, for the beer, um, for the beer glass again. All right. So I'm going to tell you why I posted this picture. Okay. So there is a, a brewing company by the name of Stone Brewing. Uh, Stone Brewing has been around since 1996, so 24 years. That's a pretty long time for a business. Um, it was started by a gentleman named Greg Koch. Thank you, 76 Grim K, for the, for the beer emoji. Um, and Greg Koch has a registered trademark for his business name, Stone Brewing. Okay? Um, has had it since the 90s. Here's the issue. There is, there was another, um, brewing company that popped up called Sawstone Brewing. So the first one is called Stone Brewing and the other one is called Sawstone Brewing. And this brewing company is based in Kentucky again. (laughs) They must drink a lot in Kentucky. There's a lot of brewing companies out there. Um, of course, because they're known for bourbon. I'm not a big drinker, so. All right, anyway. So, Greg Koch, you know, he's running his stone brewing, and then all of a sudden he finds out that there is a saw stone brewing company. So he, um, yes. So Greg Koch finds out that there is a saw stone brewing company and that they have had their registered trademark passed. Again, much like, um, much like Copper and Kings got their trademark passed, Sawstone Brewing got their trademark passed as well. And Greg Koch said, no, 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 this is going to cause confusion. And Greg Koch has filed to try and get Sawstone Brewing's trademark canceled. Hi, Mitchell Correct. Greg Koch is saying that if people see Sawstone Brewing and Stone Brewing, that there is a possibility of confusion, right? So he filed to cancel Sawstone Brewing was like, hey, Greg, let's try and work this out, right? So they were so they were trying to settle things, but nothing ever happened. Um, I guess Greg didn't want to settle. He just wanted the trademark canceled. In retaliation, one of the bartenders from Sawstone Brewing started a Facebook group basically slandering this guy, Greg Koch, um, they started a GoFundMe so that Sawstone Brewing could pay their legal bills. They raised about $13,000. Um, 
And they are trying to fight back against this case of cancellation. And just so you know, Sawstone Brewing got their trademark approved in 2019 for Sawstone. Greg Koch got his trademark for Stone Brewing approved in 20, in 20, in 1996, right? Um, the, what, what kind of makes me perk up an ear is that this is not Greg Koch's first lawsuit against a brewing company or a company in general that has the word stone in the name. Um, Greg Koch in 2020 alone has filed over 22 infringement cases of against different businesses for using the word stone in their name. He has sued Stone the Crows, which um, is, a, is another alcoholic beverage. Touchstone Brewing, Touchstone Climbing, and he even has a lawsuit in, um, a persistent lawsuit against uh, Molson Coors, the people who make Coors Light, because they changed their design, and now that the keystone is more prominent in their design, he is suing them for trademark infringement. So, knowing this information that we know now about Greg, do we think that he has a credible um, argument to get Sawstone Brewing's trademark canceled? Do you think Stone Brewing and Sawstone Brewing, if you saw them next to each other in the store, would you be confused? Would you be confused if you saw Stone Brewing and Sawstone Brewing selling beers in the same store? Because that is what Greg Koch is arguing. He's saying their trademark should be canceled and they should have to change their name because people are going to confuse this Sawstone Brewing with my Stone Brewing name. What do you guys think? What do you think? Anyway, I think that this is a case of uh, trademark abuse. Um, we see it with a lot of companies. The first example that comes off the top of my mind is Monster Energy. If you guys have watched this show for any length of time, you know that every few months Monster pops up because they're suing somebody who used an M or used the color green in their logo. They are very, very, very litigious. They are trademark bullies. And I feel like this is the case here. Greg Koch, while he does have the registered trademark for Stone, you do not have the, the authority over Stone in every area, right? Just because a, um, a company has the word Stone in their name doesn't mean that there's going to be automatic confusion. You're not the only brewery in town. Stone is not so uncommon a name that nobody else should have it, right? But that is my, that is my uh, reasoning. I don't think that this is a credible case. But I would like to know from you guys, do you think Greg Koch has an argument here? He's saying that basically any business that deals with alcohol that has Stone in the name is going to cause confusion with his stone brewing brand. Do you agree with Greg Koch? Give me a yes or a no. What do y'all think? Mm -mm -mm -mm. I'm going to give you a couple more seconds. My friends in podcast land, you know, if you want to email me a response or something like that, you can go to MPL Consulting Firm at gmail.com or, you know, hit me up on the social media. Um, nope. Obizi told me no. Nope. Roxy Mill said no. 76 Grimke said no. So y'all are not on Greg Koch's side. Me neither, y'all. I think Greg Koch just has too much time and money on his hands. Um, but we will have to wait and see what happens. So as if I get an update on this story, I will be sure to relay it to you guys. All right. 
So we are going to move to our last um, Porsche uh, segment of the evening. This was actually submitted to me by 76 Grimke. This is a very, very good question. Um, and one that, you know, we, um, I may answer from time to time, but it never hurts to bring it up again. And the question is, can a corporation own a color? And the short answer is it depends. <laughs> the long answer is you can trademark a color in your industry. Think about companies like Tiffany, where they have the Tiffany blue, uh, T-Mobile that has the pink Verizon. They use that red. Uh, Sprint, Yellow, um, a multitude of companies. When you think, when you see that color, you know it's that company, right, in that industry. So it is possible to own a color within your industry, but only in your industry for that thing, right? So um, I remember a while ago we talked about a case uh, where this insurance company was suing the owners of T-Mobile because they wanted to be able to use pink for their insurance for their insurance company and T-Mobile was like, uh, excuse me girl, we you know we are T-Mobile, we own this magenta pink, you can't use it. Um, you have to be very specific when you are talking about what industry you're trying to trademark in. Look at Tiffany blue. You don't see Tiffany blue out here being the trademark color for any other business, at least not in the jewelry lane, right? With coffee shops, you don't see any other coffee shops using that shade of green that uh, that Starbucks uses, right? I'm trying to think of other colors. Other colors. I can't think of them off the top of my head right now, but also color combinations. There are color combinations that you can secure as long as you can show that these colors, these color combinations or these color shades, they are unique, that you are using them across the board for your company and nobody else has it. It is possible to trademark a color. It is actually even possible to trademark a smell. Um, I don't know how many of y'all were watching me early in the year, but um, Play-Doh successfully trademarked the smell of their Play-Doh. So when you have, you know, an attorney who can write very well and you have something that is so unique in the industry, it's totally able to be protectable as long as you can prove that it's unique and people associate it with you. So, the, so yes, so that is the long way of saying, yes, a corporation can own a color. You can trademark a color for your industry, not throughout perpetuity. So not like Greg Koch, who is going after any and everybody using stone in their name. You can have your color only for your industry. So thank you, 76 Grim K, for bringing that to my attention this evening, okay? All right. So we are coming up. we got about four minutes left. Um, this is time for you guys to drop your questions. We've got, well, three minutes now before we end. Um, <clears throat> Y'all, I met with uh, a designer yesterday for the merchandise that's going to be coming out for the show. I'm very excited. We're going to have mock-ups in a few weeks, and I'm going to need you guys to vote on, yes, Obezi, the smell of Play-Doh. I'm going to need y'all to vote on the designs because, you know, I want to make sure that y'all like it. Um, it's going to be a design for both T-shirts and mugs. I'm very excited about it. But now is the time that you can drop your questions about business formation, about your own businesses, about trademarks, contracts, registering your business with the state, EIN numbers, DUNS numbers. We've got about three minutes before we end. So, you know, drop them in the comments. Thank you, Ashley. Yes, she gave me the fire emojis. Hey. <laughs> yes. So, 
I want you guys to have a good weekend. I want you to take care of yourselves. Um, I will be working. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to mix in some play with my work. My inflatable pool finally came so I can be a mermaid in my backyard. Can't wait. Um, I'm gonna be a mermaid with a computer tap, tap, tapping away. Um, <laughs> but that is what I'm going to leave you with. If you don't have any more questions, I will be back on Monday with more stories. Again, please, please, please send me stories. If you find them, DM them to me, however you want, because I can't find everything. 76 Grimke was right on time. Gave me the third story. Cause I only had two for tonight. So y'all be coming in the clutch. So don't ever be afraid to send me a story. Even if you think I might've seen it already, you never know. Just send it to me. Okay. All right. So I think that we are good on questions for tonight. So this is where I'm going to leave you. Have a good weekend. Use sunscreen. If you go outside, wear your mask, um, and stay healthy. Okay. Night y'all. Bye.